0: Alright, well, hello, Shades Valley Community Church, here we are again for our third episode of Midweek Musings, and I'm actually at home when doing this video because my wife is super pregnant, not just pregnant, but super pregnant, because she could have this baby at any moment in time, and so I'm trying this week to work uh, from some coffee houses closer to my house, and I just came home not that long ago, and I obviously couldn't do this while sitting in a coffee house. So so we're doing it here. So you may hear my children going crazy in the background. what have not, but we're going to do this anyway. So for our third episode, what I wanted to talk about today uh, is the concept of godly guilt. This is something that I actually brought up on Sunday at Shades. In our sermon, we were in uh, John 18 talking about Peter's denial to Christ. And we talked about specifically for Peter, the moment the rooster crows, as being a moment of of godly guilt that's meant to lead him to repentance that this isn't just you know uh, jesus's i told you so moment you know peter i told you that you were gonna deny me three times and i told you it happened before the rooster crowed so that when you hear that sound ha ha you feel guilty um no that's not the point at all the point is to uh produce a godly guilt that brings him to repentance and and that's really what I wanted to focus on because when we think about guilt we tend as believers to only think about it in a negative sense that guilt is something that we feel uh, pre-salvation but once we put our faith and trust in Christ you know Romans 8 1 therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus so we should never feel guilt again and what I want to say what I think scripture says is that we should never feel what scripture calls worldly guilt, again, but there is still a godly guilt that is good even for the Christian. In the life of the Christian, uh, the Holy Spirit, one of his roles is to bring about conviction, godly guilt that's meant to lead us to repentance, convict us over our sin when we go astray. You know, the thing for us as believers, the thing that was true for Peter in John 18, is that when we sin this doesn't cut us off from christ it doesn't sever our union with christ but it does disturb our communion with christ we have a real dynamic relationship with god through christ by the spirit and when we sin there's a real disturbance there in our ongoing daily communion with him and this is where the role of the guilt comes in and is a great gift in kindness of god so how does that work? It's kind of what I wanted us to flesh out. This, this entire term, godly guilt, I'm taking it from 2 Corinthians 7, which I read on Sunday, and I only read verse 10 to give you a little bit more context. Paul, writing to the church at Corinth, uh, who was guilty of many things and needed to be convicted about many things, and he had written them a harsh letter. Sometime between 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, there's a letter we don't have that was apparently very harsh, and Paul references that in 2 Corinthians 7. He says this, he says, For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, so he wrote this harsh letter, he regretted it a little bit, but he doesn't anymore. Why not? For I see that the letter grieved you, though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. For you felt a godly grief, or a godly conviction, or godly guilt, so that you suffered no loss through us. For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. So godly grief is distinguished from worldly grief by Paul, or or guilt, in that worldly guilt is something that just crushes us. It brings about death ultimately in our life. It's just a crushing weight of guilt that we have no way to get over or escape from or be rescued from. He's like, that's not what I'm talking about. Godly grief, godly guilt is a conviction that's a gift of God. It's a gift of his kindness to bring about repentance. Uh, Let me put a couple of scriptures up under that for us. Uh, One, I'm saying that godly grief to bring about repentance, it's a gift. I'm taking that from places like Acts 11 and 2 Timothy 2, where repentance is talked about as a gift granted by God. We're all naturally hard-hearted, and repentance is a gift that actually the Lord grants and brings about in our life. So, So godly guilt, conviction that brings about repentance, it's a gift, and I'm saying it's a gift of God's kindness. I'm taking that from Romans 2 uh romans 2 verses 3 and 4 get quoted a lot well actually it's verse 4 that gets quoted a lot uh where it says it's god's kindness that's meant to lead you to repentance but often people don't really know what the fuller context is what that's talking about so romans 2 3 and 4 says do you suppose O man that you will escape the judgment of god or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience not knowing that god's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance so God's kindness, in context there, is the fact that he's not just immediately executing judgment on us. No, he He suffers. He goes through long suffering with us, uh, extending kindness, meaning not judgment, towards us so that we'll come to conviction of our sin. We'll come to repentance. So, so godly guilt, conviction, is a gracious gift from God that comes from His his kindness. So... When we talk about godly guilt, what we mean is conviction that leads to repentance. I, I don't think we like to think about that much or talk about it, even talk about repentance much as a good gift from God. Uh, because the way we normally think about repentance, like even when we just hear that word, the way we normally think about repentance is we think of it as almost like permanent sadness, like depression. Like To be repentant means I'm just going to be sad over my sin all the time, blah, blah, blah. So we think of it as permanent sadness, we think of repentance as self-punishment. Like, you know, I'm going to punish myself because I've been bad, so I'm going to feel bad about myself, all that. And we also think of repentance as, like, it ultimately makes us, like, reluctant slaves of God. Like, oh, well, you know, I I feel so bad for what I've done, and now i got to, like, pay God back. This is how we normally process forgiveness, and that's not a biblical picture of forgiveness at all. Uh, Forgiveness in Scripture is not permanent sadness. It is sadness, but it's a passing sadness. Yes, I'm saddened by my sin. Yes, I'm grieved that I've grieved the heart of my Father, God. Um, but I'm saddened over my sin. But it's a passing sadness. It's not a permanent sadness. Uh, repentance is, is uh, not about self-punishment, you know, making myself feel bad for my sin. It's about self-abandonment. In other words, it's it's a turning from myself to trusting God and trust in Christ. Another way of saying this might be that uh, we're not talking about penance, we're talking about repentance. Penance is punishing yourself for sin. Repentance is a turning from yourself, and a turning from sin, and a turning to God. It's it's not a self-punishment, it's a self-abandonment. And ultimately, repentance, true biblical repentance, doesn't lead us to feel like reluctant slaves to God. It leads us to rejoice as sons and daughters of God. And that's that's the end goal of biblical repentance, rejoicing. Uh, if, if we repent, yes, saddened by our sin, but we turn from ourselves, turn to trust in Christ and the forgiveness that he has purchased on the cross for us, then we end up rejoicing uh, in the grace and the kindness that he's He's shown us. Repentance is turning from my sin and from a trust in self, from a being my own king, to trust in christ turn and trust turn and trust repentance and faith that's like the in out breath of the christian life daily i'm turning from self and trusting in christ turning from repentance and faith uh martin luther the reformer when he posted his uh 95 theses on the door of the church in wittenberg germany uh, we're all familiar with that story but his first thesis was when the Lord Jesus Christ said, repent, he meant that the whole of the Christian life would be one of repentance, a constant turning from ourselves and turning to trust in Christ. And we get this instruction throughout scripture. Matthew 6, when Jesus teaches us to pray, he says, we pray, Father, forgive us our trespasses, turning from self and repenting, trusting in Christ. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, that verb confess is an ongoing, continual act. we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness turn and trust turn and trust so my uh my encouragement to you today would be do not fear godly guilt or conviction when when it comes that's a gift of god through the holy spirit it's a gift of his kindness a gift of his grace so yes grieve over your sin, but that passes, for we turn from ourselves, we turn to trust in Christ, ultimately rejoicing in the forgiveness that he has purchased once for all on the cross, but we rejoice in how it's daily applied to us uh, by his Holy Spirit. That's it for this week's Midweek Musing. Uh, I'm trying to do a much better job of keeping them 10 minutes or under, so I did a better job this week than last. I hope that this has been helpful. And we will be back at it again next week. Have a fantastic day and great rest of the week.